Good morning. So we are in this series called Timeless, and uh, we've been studying the life lessons of different Old Testament characters. However, in this series, we're not looking so much as the char- at the characters themselves as the character traits that they displayed, character traits that are truly timeless, character traits that God wants you and I to build and develop in our lives as well. And so in this series, we looked at Noah and his character trait of faith. Last Sunday, Pastor Mark was here. He talked about Deborah and her character trait of courage. Today, as George and as Lord just pointed out, we're going to look at Daniel and his character trait of integrity. What we've also been learning in this series is that God wants to take you out of your comfort zone. And the reason why he wants to take you out of your comfort zone is because the comfort zone is a no-grow zone, right? In the comfort zone, God is not going to be able to stretch you or use you or make you into the person that he knows he wants you to be and that you can be. So, In order to build and develop those character traits, God needs to take you out of the comfort zone and bring you into the character zone. And as you know, we're looking at the character trait today of integrity. And integrity matters to God. It's very important to God. Look at this, Proverbs 11 says, the Lord detests people with crooked hearts, but he delights in those with integrity. Or as David says in 1 Chronicles 29, I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. So clearly, God loves it when you, in, because of your relationship with him through faith in Christ, when you make right choices, right? when you do the right thing. And I don't know about you, but I want to live my life that way. I want to live my life in a way that's going to honor the God I love. And through these uh, illustrations that we're going to look at today from the life of Daniel, we'll see how to do that. We're going to learn how to live a life of integrity. Now, my guess is that many of you here, many of you watching online right now, you are already familiar with that story of Daniel in the lion's den. But as Laura pointed out, uh, there is an, an event or a situation that happens before that story where Daniel demonstrates integrity as well. And even though she kind of went through it, let me dig through it a little bit and and go into a little bit uh, more detail with you. First, let me just start right off. This is right at the very beginning of the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter one, verse one. Look at this. It says, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. So what's going on? For the record, it has been now 400 long years since King David has reigned. And in those 400 years, Israel has just spiraled out of control spiritually. They are a hot mess. And they have been rebelling against God left and right. So God, to discipline them, allows a pagan nation of all things called Babylon to come and to not only defeat Israel, but take its people into captivity. Let me keep reading. This is verses three and four. Nebuchadnezzar ordered Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, these young men qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them their language and literature of the Babylonians. So King Nebuchadnezzar wants the best and the brightest of Israel to serve him in his palace. And Daniel is one of those best and brightest. Once you're in the king's palace, as Laura pointed out, you are expected to eat the king's food, which sounds really like a good deal, like a pretty yummy deal. 
But what we need to understand, and Laura pointed this out, is that eating the king's food was a public declaration of dependency on the king alone. And Daniel did not want to give the impression to anybody that he was relying on the king and not God. So Daniel comes up with this idea and he shares it with the chief official. He says this, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So the chief official agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. So got this, this plan. What happens? Verses 15 and 16. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. So Daniel, it's, it's interesting, Daniel is faced with this dilemma of integrity, isn't he? Right? Is he going to live according to the standards of this new country where he's living or according to the standards of his God? And as we already discovered, Daniel makes a decision, right? He makes a decision and he demonstrates integrity. You, and George pointed this out just a moment ago, you make decisions all the time. You do, whether you're even aware of it or not. And some of those decisions you see in public and some of them you don't. But those, dem those decisions demonstrate integrity. And some of you tomorrow are going to have a decision that you need to make when you show up for work or for school. Some of you have a decision that you need to make about a relationship that you're in. I don't know. You make hundreds of decisions every day. And here's the thing. Those decisions reflect your integrity or lack of it. Now, I realize that most of the decisions that you make, those decisions don't, they don't really matter a whole lot, right? I mean, it doesn't really matter if you decide to wear a red shirt or a blue shirt. It doesn't really matter if you decide to be an Android user or an iPhone user. It doesn't really matter if you choose to, uh, if you decide to eat cold cereal for breakfast or cold pizza. Well, maybe that might matter later on. But my point is, you make decisions, right? You make decisions that don't matter. But there are some decisions that do matter. If you're caught doing something wrong, you have to decide in that moment, are you going to own it and accept the consequences or lie and make up an excuse? If you're in a dating relationship outside of marriage, you have to decide if you are going to follow God's boundaries for sex or just totally ignore them like it seems everybody else in our society today. If you have a friend that's going down a destructive path in their life that could lead to addiction, you have a decision to make. Am I going to speak the truth and love to them or am I going to be quiet and just watch them crash and burn? Right, so some decisions do matter, don't they? And making the right choice is hard. It's, it's painful and it's, uh, it, it makes you uncomfortable, but God's expectation, God's desire and expectation is for you to live a life of integrity. So to help you with that, whether it's in public or just in your private life, to help you live with integrity, I'm going to look at the life of Daniel and some steps that he took that, that will help you, that helped him to be in the character zone and that helped, that, uh, that allowed him to live with integrity. Steps that will allow you to honor the God you love and enjoy his blessings as well, okay? So let's jump right in. If you want to live a life of integrity, regardless of the environment, you need to know what you believe, Right? You have to. Obviously, it's going to be absolutely impossible for you to live with integrity if you don't first know 
what it is that you believe to be right or wrong. Now, for that to happen, though, for that to happen, you need a rock-solid moral code on which to base your beliefs. The good news is that you have one. Look at this, uh, Proverbs 2. The Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And that's great. That's amazing. But here's the problem. We are constantly tempted with other thoughts and knowledge and interpretations of what we should do with our decisions. For example, you may be tempted to rely on what you think, what you think is right. And as a result, you make a decision. You come up with a solution that you think is a good solution. But it may not be the best solution. It may not be the right solution. So the danger here is that obviously you're not omniscient, right? You don't know everything. You don't know all the details or all the facts. So you have to be careful because if you rely on what you think is a good idea, it could end up being a very bad idea. Second, sometimes you are tempted to rely on what you feel is right. Oh, yeah, I mean, this is where you use your emotions, and, well, it feels like the right thing to do, so let's go do it. Well, there's danger in that as well, because your feelings fluctuate. Depending on your mood, depending on the time of day, they're constantly changing. So, again, that's dangerous as well, because even though it may feel good for you in that moment, (laughs) it doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. Third, sometimes you are tempted to rely on what others say is right. Call that peer pressure. And it's a very popular school of thought today, though, that is also very hard to overlook. And it's where everyone has a truth based on what they believe is right or wrong. So if somebody says, I believe that this is right, for them, it is. Even though you may disagree with it, you can't because it's true for them. See how weird that is? Nobody is ever wrong. Everybody has their own set of truths. So that's dangerous as well because, you know, it's confusing and you just never know who to listen to. And the point is this, okay? And this is where I really want you to pay attention. If you're going to live a life of integrity, you can't, you just, you can't, you cannot base that decision on what you think or what you feel or what somebody else thinks or feels because we're flawed, so what do you need? You need an, extor- an external source of truth, right? That is, uh, that is consistent and reliable. And the good news is that you have that, okay? That source of unchanging truth is God and his word. And because of God and his word, you have the truths that you need to live and act with integrity. 2 Timothy 3, 16 says, all all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. For Daniel, God and his word provided that base of truth, that rock solid base of truth for his life. And so as a result, he knew what he believed which allowed him to, even when there was challenges to those beliefs, to still make the right decision. So when it comes to living a life of integrity, know what you believe. First step. And for all of you here, all of you watching online right now, that knowledge comes from God and his word. Second, to live a life of integrity, trust what you believe. Trust it. If you read on in the story of Daniel, you'll see that uh, he, his integrity rubs off on three friends. 
Uh, and they are in a situation where King Nebuchadnezzar has um, built this huge statue and he's ordered everybody to bow down and worship it. But these three friends trusted in what they believed, right? They believed that only God should receive their worship. So they refused to bow down to that statue. And King gets mad and he threatens them. If you don't bow down to the idol, they're going to get thrown into a fiery furnace, but they trusted in what they believed. So listen to how they respond. Look at this, Daniel 3. They respond by saying, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. (laughs) Wow, you see that? They not only know what they believe, but they trusted in what they believed. And you can too. You can. Because as, and I just mentioned why in a, a moment ago, you can trust that what God's word says is true. Because it is. Those three friends trusted in God's word that what it taught is true. You only worship God. And even if he doesn't rescue from a fiery furnace, he's still gonna be there with you. And because they trusted in what they believed that was true, they were able to stand firm. Now, if you know the rest of the story, you know that those three men were actually thrown into the blazing furnace. And as they're in there, it's amazing what happens next. Nebuchadnezzar is looking, apparently there's a window there to watch that, and he sees them walking around. So he calls them back out. And this is amazing. After they come out, look at this, verse 27. The fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched and there was no smell of fire on them. They trusted in what they believed. And here's the key, God honored that trust. In a similar situation in Daniel's life, when he's much, much older, actually it's a new king of Babylon called Darius. Uh, Darius has come up with this rule, this new law that everybody, if they're gonna pray, they gotta pray to the king who happens of course to be Darius. Well, Daniel is a man of integrity and he refuses to pray to anyone but the true God. Darius finds out about that, and that's where the whole story of the lion's den comes in. He throws Daniel in the lion's den. But once again, God honored that trust. Look at this, Daniel 6. When Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. Now, I realize that you may feel disappointed because of the trust that you have placed in other people, right? Maybe you place trust in a friend or a family member, or maybe in a romantic relationship, and you've been hurt. You've been hurt multiple times. In fact, maybe you feel like giving up on trusting anybody anymore. Well, I'm here to tell you that you don't have to live that way because there is someone whom you can always trust, and that's Jesus, of course, right? It's God. He, he is never going to let you down. You can always count on him. And here's the thing. When you trust in what you believe, in God and his word, that it's true, guess what? God will honor your trust too. Now, I don't know how that's going to look in your life. It probably won't be rescuing you from a lion's den or a fiery furnace. At least I hope not. But he will bless you. He will bless you. You know, when we think about these, these characters like Daniel or even the three friends who demonstrate integrity, it's tempting for us to want to put them up on this pedestal. But we got to remember, they are sinners just like you and me. Okay, They made mistakes. 
And when we struggle spiritually, and we do, and when we drop the ball with integrity, and we do, we just need to remember that even though our integrity wavers, God's love for you never does. Okay, so understand that. God's love for you will always invite you to confess your failures and then to cling to that truth that Jesus died on the cross to pay for your every sin so that every sin might be forgiven. And, and that's God's gift to you. It's not because you've been more, in, you know, acted with more integrity than somebody else. It's because it's his gift to you. A gift where he, he washes you clean, picks you back up, and then he gives you the power to live in alignment with his will. Wow, how cool is that? Second Peter 1 says, God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Jesus. Daniel placed his trust in God and God honored that trust and he will do the same for you. So when it comes to living a life of integrity, know what you believe and then trust what you believe because God will bless it. Third, live what you believe. If you're going to live a life of integrity, you don't just know what you believe and trust what you, or trust what you believe, but you also want to live it out, right? You want to act on it. Second Chronicles 19 says, you must always act in the fear of the Lord with faithfulness or integrity and an undivided heart. Now notice the word act in that verse. That's a critical word when it comes to integrity because belief without action is hypocrisy, isn't it? Yeah. So, so you want to not just know what you believe and trust it to be true, but you also want to live it out. And I realized that living with integrity, again, it's hard. It is hard. In fact, as I was working up this message, I looked at my life and I was like, oh my goodness, what a mess I am. I see, I had these stretches of integrity and I would just be, I'd be cruising along, doing great. And then boop, end up in a ditch, you know, with decisions based on pride and arrogance and selfishness. And I share that with you because it happens. But here's the key. When it comes to integrity, we need to understand that integrity is the sum of all your decisions, not just a few of them. So I needed to make some changes in my life. And I challenge you to do the same. And maybe those changes involve a friendship or a relationship, right? Maybe if you're dating somebody and you're not married to them yet, then you decide not to move in together. Or maybe you have a bunch of friends that, that are constantly partying and you decide to maybe not hang out with those friends anymore. Or maybe you miss out on a lucrative deal because you refuse to engage in shady uh, practices with your, with your company. You, wanna, you don't want to compromise your integrity. Whatever it is, understand that living what you believe takes incredible discipline and awareness. And yes, it takes you out of the comfort zone, which can be painful. Now, again, you know, we blow it because we are far from perfect. The good news is that we have a Savior who is the perfect picture of integrity, right? Jesus not only uh, practiced what he preached, but he, he kept his promises. Promises like in, in Mark 10, verse 45. Look at this. He says, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And 2,000 years ago, guess what? Jesus kept that promise, didn't he? Yeah, he came to this earth to be the savior of this sin-polluted world. And, and because he was willing to give his life as a ransom for you on the cross, your sin is forgiven. Your guilt is removed. Thanks be to God. 
And, and, and he sacrificed himself. Understand, he sacrificed himself so that as a gift of God's grace, you could then um, be restored into a relationship with him and honor the God you love with your life. Titus 2 says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Daniel said no to the ungodliness and the desires of his world. And by the power and the work of the Holy Spirit, you can too. You can. You can. You can live a life that honors the God you love. You can live a life where you know what you believe, trust what you believe, and live out what you believe. By the power of the work of the Spirit, you can do that. So let me challenge you in a couple of ways this week, okay? First, let me challenge you to be more aware of the moment-by-moment decisions that you make. Again, you make hundreds of decisions. Sometimes you make them without even thinking. There are some decisions that just, they don't matter. But there are some that do. And they can impact you and the people around you. So ask the Holy Spirit to guide your decision-making, right? Just be more alert to those. Second, take time to daily read God's word, the source of your beliefs. Instead of basing your beliefs on what other people think or say, make God's word, okay, that source of truth that is consistent and, and, and reliable for you. And you do that by Five or 10 minutes every day, just reading, because the more you read God's word, the more you understand his will. Third, look for ways to act on what you believe. Once you know God's will, live it out, right? Live it out, okay? The decisions you make, the life you live, all that you do, let people catch you. Let them catch you acting with integrity, okay? Living in alignment with, with with God's will. And, and, and living a life that, that honors him and that just opens the door of his blessing upon you. Well, let's pray about that. What do you think? Let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, which get, gives us the guidance and wisdom and provides us with absolute truth. And I pray for each person in this place and those watching right now that you would give them courage as they face decisions about what to do, about what's right, what's wrong, how to honor you with their lives. Lord, thank you for this series. Thank you for the example of Daniel. And I just pray, Lord, that you would help us to live with integrity, whether it's publicly or just privately in our own lives, that we would live a life that would honor you, the God we love. We pray all this in Jesus' holy name. And God's people said, amen. Amen.